Welcome back to our series on the doctrine of salvation. The Bible explains and characterizes and teaches the doctrine of salvation using many different words. We've discussed in previous episodes regeneration. We've talked about imputation. We've talked about justification. We've talked about redemption. Each one of those doctrines in and of themselves, very beautiful truths. Today we're going to talk about another truth, another salvation teaching. We're going to talk about the doctrine of preservation. And we're going to begin by reading from 2 Timothy uh, chapter number 4 and verse number 18. The Bible says, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word preserve means to, to keep or to guard. Uh, if you're preserving something, you're making sure that nothing happens to it. You're protecting it. And it is God, that the Bible says, that is protecting us. And the Bible overwhelmingly teaches throughout the Scriptures that God is keeping us or guarding our salvation through Christ Jesus. Let's look at some of the passages and verses in the Bible that teach this truth. We'll begin in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 11. It says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. So the Bible says we have obtained something. We have obtained an inheritance. And we, we did this after we first trusted in Christ. Verse number 13. In whom, talking about Jesus, ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So Paul is talking past tense. In the past, these Ephesian believers, this church at Ephesus, he says that they had trusted Christ. And something happened in the past when they trusted Christ. It says that they were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of His glory. So, he's saying here that when you trust in Christ, something happens to you. God seals you with the earnest of the Holy Spirit. Until the day that Christ actually comes back to the earth and takes actual physical possession of that which he has saved. You see, our salvation 
is real. Our salvation is as eternal as God is eternal. But we live in time. We live right now in a world that's, you could say in a sense, trapped in time, trapped in a body. So our salvation has not been fully realized to you and me. It's not been fully uh, seen or fully experienced. We have a promise of God's eternal salvation. But there will be a day where Jesus comes back and actually takes us to be with him and we will fully realize this salvation that he's given to us and that's very real. We'll fully experience God's promise of salvation. But what I want you to see here that's, that's clear, that's, that's very important to understanding the doctrine of preservation, is the idea that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is our earnest. Now we're going to look at one more verse and then I'll explain those words to you. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, the Bible says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So two times in the book of Ephesians, God tells us that the Spirit of God has sealed us unto the day of redemption. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22, it says, Who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. So three times we have the teaching that the Holy Spirit has sealed us and that He is our, what the Bible calls, earnest. Now let's explain what those terms mean. What does it mean to seal something and what is an earnest? The word sealed here, it means, it's the idea of something having been stamped or something having been marked. Um, God has marked us or God has stamped us. He has approved us. He has purchased us, redeemed us, and marked us as His. Our seal is the proof that God will deliver us. Let me try to give you an example of, of, of what a seal would be. Let's say you have a degree or a diploma. Maybe you got a diploma when you graduated from SHS, or you got a, a degree when you graduated from university. You have a, some type of certificate that says that you are a graduate of that institution. If you were to try to use that certificate as some type of proof of your education, what will be required of you is for that certificate to have a seal on it. A seal is, is like an approved, designed stamp or mark that the institution that gave that degree puts on that degree 
to tell everyone that it has been authenticated, that it is the real, the real uh, legitimate uh, document. That's one example of a seal. If you want to get something notarized, you're, you're entering into an agreement with someone else, and you want to get someone who is an official person that's been designated by the government to certify agreements, you go to what is called a notary, and they will take a stamp, they will take a device, and they will stamp an impression onto your document, giving your document a seal of approval. That's what a seal is. It's like an approval, a stamp saying something is legitimate. If you go to a store and purchase an item and you're looking for a specific brand or you're looking for, let's say you're looking, nowadays uh, people are trying to buy things that are organic, that do not have uh, genetically modified organisms in it, that hasn't been raised uh, with pesticides and things that are harmful to the body. And you can find marks or stamps of approval on packages that say this product was raised with no pollutants, no GMOs, it's organic. It gives you some evidence or some uh, indication or some level of uh, approval that you're buying the thing that you want to purchase in a store. So a seal is a mark or a stamp that says something is legitimate. And God to legitimize his salvation, to legitimize his promise of redemption and his promise of an inheritance in heaven, he has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible calls the Holy Spirit an earnest. Now what is an earnest? An earnest would be described in this way. Let's say I was selling a house and you wanted to purchase my house. And I told you that the, the purchasing price was 100,000 CDs, but that um, I had other people interested in buying the house. And if you couldn't pay the money, then I'm, I'm going to sell it to anyone else who's willing to offer it. And you say, well, if I give you 10,000 CDs today, and I promise to come with the rest of the money in two weeks' time, Will you save it for me? Will you not sell it to someone else if I do that? And I say to you, okay, I, I will, if you have 10,000 CDs that you're willing to give to me in condition that you're going to pay for the rest of the house in two weeks' time, what I'll do is, if you don't come back in two weeks with the rest of the money, I get to keep the 10,000 and I still can sell the house to someone else. That's called an earnest payment. It's what somebody puts up. It's what somebody gives or pays to show that they mean business, that they fully intend to do what they said they were going to do. 
And what God has done is God has given us the Holy Spirit as proof that we're sealed unto the day of redemption, as proof that we're preserved unto eternal and eternal redemption. So if I can go to hell, then the Holy Spirit can go with me because He's been given to me until Jesus comes back to rescue us. It is proof of our inheritance. Let's look in 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3. The Bible says, The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, we talked about being regenerated or being born again. This verse is saying that we have been begotten. That means we've been born the second time through Jesus Christ. Verse number four. To an inheritance. We saw that in Ephesians, that we have an inheritance. It says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. You have something reserved in heaven for you, and it's an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and fadeth not away. Verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God. So those who have been begotten by Jesus Christ, those who have an inheritance in heaven reserved for them, the Bible says that you are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Heaven and all the things that we're going to receive, our inheritance has not been revealed to us yet, it's been promised to us, but it's not been revealed to us yet of all that we're going to partake of in the next part of this journey called life. When we depart this body and we enter into glory, we don't know everything that we're going to experience. It hasn't been revealed to us yet, but we have the promise of that inheritance. And the Bible says that we're being kept by the power of God. We said that to preserve something is to keep it safe, to guard it. And so here we see that we're being preserved or we're being kept safe by whose power? By our own power? No, by the power of God. God has made a reservation for us in heaven, an inheritance He has for us. And not only do we have a reservation... But also, God will not counsel that reservation. He's keeping it for us. We're not kept by our own power, but His power. And if God is keeping me, then I am safe. Who is able to take away from God what He is protecting? Can the devil? No. Can man? No. We're safe. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. 
and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul is testifying that as God delivered him from the mouth of the lion, God will also deliver him into his heavenly kingdom. He says that God will preserve him. Paul did not testify to keeping himself, but that God is the keeper of his salvation, that God is the keeper of his inheritance, that God is the one keeping him by his power. The Bible says in Jude chapter 1, in verse 1, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Jude testifies to the fact that we're preserved in Jesus Christ. We're not preserved through our own good works, but we're preserved through the works of Jesus Christ. The following verses that I'm going to read to you teach us that our eternity is sure in heaven. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. No man is able to take us from the protection of the Father. The Bible says here that we shall never perish. God is keeping us. It's a sure thing. I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person? No. Because I'm a pastor? No. Because I have a TV program? No. Because I'm a good husband? No. Because I go to church? No. I'm going to heaven because I trusted in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for me, that he rose from the dead, that he's the only way to heaven, that my works can't save me. I trust that that is the truth. And God gave me an inheritance. He redeemed me and promised that one day he would come back and receive me unto himself. And he says in his scriptures that he keeps us by his power, that he seals us with the Holy Spirit, that he has given us the earnest of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God lives in me. And he is proof that I'm being kept by the power of God. Oh, what a wonderful salvation. Oh, what a so great salvation that we have. That God has not told us that, hey, if you obey my commandments, I'll give you your inheritance. I thank God that that's not the salvation that's taught in the scriptures. I thank God that heaven is a promise to me that I will receive because of the blood of Jesus Christ, not because I do right or I serve God. Because if that's what has to happen for me to go to heaven, then I'm not going there because I sin every day. And I would encourage you 
that are watching this program to realize that you sin. You will continue to sin. But Jesus Christ died for you and He loves you and He wants to save you. And He'll preserve you unto the day of redemption if you only believe on Jesus. Some of you know about Jesus. You say you believe in Jesus. But the truth is, you're believing in yourself. The truth is, you say you trust Jesus, but you're trusting in what you do for Jesus to get you to heaven. That's not trusting Jesus. Trusting Jesus is saying, I'm unworthy. I don't deserve it. You died for me. I believe that. And I trust you totally and completely to give me salvation and to preserve me unto the day of redemption. I hope that's what you believe. I hope we've been able to convince you of that throughout this series on salvation. If you'd like more help, please contact us. And keep following our program. We have three more weeks on this series of salvation. We'll be talking about the next two weeks, sanctification. And then the last week, we'll be talking about glorification. But please... Continue watching as we explain this amazing truth about our salvation. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.